Welcome back to Making Sense of Retirement. I am John Gay, joined again by Vince Aldrich from Assured Retirement Group. Vince, great to be back with you as always. Yeah, nice to see you, John. And, you know, one thing that I will keep note of right now in Minnesota, and I know for you in Michigan, it's starting to get a little cooler out. So I guess it's time to really enjoy those last nice days. Yeah, I think so. I think, but although I got to say, I, I like the cool weather and I'm ready for football. That's what I'm excited about. I'm ready to watch some NFL. Uh, what football? Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. You know, they decided, at least the Big Ten, you know, decided not to play football and stuff. So that obviously is something that we're not going to get to watch. But at the end of the day, it's allowed more people to spend more time off the television, mm-hmm. try to find some things like to do around the state of Minnesota. So I know like a lot of the parks and yeah. a lot of people have been going up north and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of beauty to be seen. So other than that, I guess we have some stuff that we have to get to. Yeah. So let's dive right into it today. I know one of the things uh, as people have been home and looking at their money and looking at the stock market, looking at all the news of 2020, they really start to think about what they want to do with their money. And a lot of people have done the DIY approach. A lot of people have managed. I mean, it's you know, the market had been doing well for the better part of a decade. But now with the volatility that we've seen in 2020, I think a lot of people are considering having their money professionally managed. And there are a number of different categories and types of ways to do this. And we're going to dive into that today, Vince. Yeah, I think it, there is a big difference when you are meeting with people that consider themselves financial advisors and you might find out they actually aren't a financial advisor. Maybe they're working off of sales commissions. Maybe they're trying to sell you a financial product. Maybe they're going to give you financial advice. And this podcast today is going to be a lot about you know how do you clear the clouds or how do you clear through all the mud and find what's right for you. And you know the sales product type idea, that's not always bad. It's just you have to know where it fits within your plan. And so hopefully through this podcast today, you'll understand, you know, who might be a financial advisor that you're talking to and who really is just in the disguise of a financial advisor, in my opinion. (laughs) Right. So let's get right into it. And you started to scratch the surface on this a moment ago, but there are five different options and ways to go. And the first one we want to cover the pros and cons with is the sales driven advice. Tell me about this. It sounds on the surface like it's not something you want to do, but there are pros and cons to each of these. Yeah. And the sales driven advice is mostly selling financial products like mutual funds, bonds, insurance, policies, annuities. But it doesn't mean it's all bad. And there's a difference that we talked about in the last podcast. So if you want to make sure to kind of find out the differences between different mutual funds and that kind of thing, you can listen to our previous podcast. But Mm -hmm. mutual funds and bonds can be sold as a commissionable product, insurance vehicles, annuities. And you know there's other things too, like limited partnerships and some other financial tools. But that's where the advisor receives a commission at the time that you purchase that product. Mm-hmm. And if, for example, you had a $100,000 know, mutual fund that you're going to buy, that advisor, if it's a commissionable mutual fund, that advisor might receive you somewhere between 3 to 5%. Mm-hmm. And so then you just subtract that 5% from your actual value, which is just like if you had a, a real estate property, yeah. you sold your home, you know you have the 6% fee, so you have a $100,000 home, you sell it, so you end up with $94,000 in your pocket at the end of the day if you're not counting any other fees, right? Right. So the good thing with this is that you know one of the things that you're not going to have to continue that relationship if you don't want to, it's just kind of a one and done type of a deal. The downfall though is 
the advice that you might get, there might be a conflict of interest, right? If, mm-hmm. if they're going to push certain things that might pay them more or they don't offer other financial vehicles, maybe it's an insurance agent that only offers insurance products, that's a conflict of interest and you might not be steered the right way. And with that being said, this is also more old school. Yeah, It's a trend that's dying. There's not as many advisors that are doing or are offering commissionable products. But I will note one thing is that, you know, if you're doing like an insurance product, like an annuity, for example, Mm -hmm. that's more, in my opinion, more considered like a finder's fee. And that's because if you put a hundred grand in, the advisor might get paid five, 6%, but that's not taken out of your account value. So your account is still growing at the hundred grand that you put in, unlike the mutual funds or the bonds. Important distinction there. And we've talked about that in our previous episode as well is you're these people who are based on commission, they could be limited based on what products they have available and what they're going to make on the deal. So really good point. The second one on our list is sort of this hybrid of sales-driven and fee-for-service. What does that look like, Vince? So that's where you might have a financial advisor that gets paid based on investments that they manage, but they could also offer commissionable mutual funds or commissionable financial products. And the problem is with that is you don't know when they're acting in their fiduciary capacity. In fact, they could have multiple different hats. They could have what's called the suitable hat. Is it suitable for you? Mm -hmm. I mean, does it work for you? That's one hat. And the other hat is the fiduciary hat, which is more on that fee-for-service side of things. And worth mentioning here that the fiduciary, for those who don't know, meaning that you're acting in the client's best interest, correct? Correct. So- The fee-based side of things is kind of removing that conflict of interest because they get paid the same fee regardless of what the product is. Mm -hmm. And so this is where that hybrid model comes in. But the problem is you just don't know which capacity that they're acting in. For the most part, though, I would say that depending on the company and depending on the advisor, it could go either way. And so you really do have to go through the clutter here and figure out, are they really just working on the fee-based side or are they working more on the commission side. And I could see it as soon as like people come in with their statements, I can already tell what the advisor was trying to do. It's pretty clear. And that's what's frustrating on my end when I see that because I used to work with financial advisors prior to what I do now mm-hmm. and consult for them. And I would see, you know, that they were going for more of the commissionable type thing than they were going for the investment management type thing. Now with that being said, okay, not to make advisors bad that do commercial products, you have to keep in mind that, and this is the truth here, investment advisors like myself, we make more money over the life of the client is what we call it. Mm-hmm. We make more money if we do investments under management. Okay. And so, for example, if we charge 1% per year, and if we say the life of the client's 10 years, that means we'll make 10%, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But that means it's over time, though. So we have to keep you as a client and keep servicing you and that kind of thing. So that's the added benefit is there's always going to be value add and and keep servicing. The other side of that, though, is if you buy a commissionable mutual fund, for example, the advisor gets the 3 or 4 or 5% fee, but that's all that you pay for the advisor at that point, right? So if you buy the the annuity, they might get 6% for a 10-year annuity, so if you really break that down over 10 years, that's a lot less of a fee or commission than if they were to have you as a investment advisor client. So you have to kind of keep those things in mind. But I will say that for most people that sell commissionable mutual funds or commissionable products, you probably won't really hear from them very often after that because <laughs> you're kind of done. So yeah. 
That's the downfall there. Okay, so the third category is a fee for service based on hourly rates. So they're just charging you for the amount of time they're putting into working on your stuff, right? Correct. And I think the biggest thing here is not a lot of advisors can do this. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not the place where a lot of advisors will do it because it's one of the places they'll make the least money. So it's one of those things that if they are putting a lot of the effort in and they're not going to get a lot out of it, that it's probably not like a big focus for a lot of financial advisors. So I would say that it's great to get the fee for service based on hourly rates, but it usually works more for people that are not in or near retirement when they don't need so much handholding, or it probably works more for people that are in their 20s and 30s and 40s where they don't need a lot of help. You know, they might, you know, need like a phone call here or there, but when you're accumulating your assets, it's it's a little different. You really don't need a lot of the tax advantage planning and that kind of stuff when it goes to financial planning. So the idea here is you're just paying a fee for the hours that have been worked. So if we charge $200 an hour, kind of like an attorney, right, you're only paying that fee for how many hours were worked. So when you're dealing with people that are in or near retirement, when you're building financial plans and you're monitoring the financial plans, that can add up really quickly. And so then you might find that it's better just paying the, if you want someone to really monitor everything and do everything, then it's probably going to be worth doing the assets under management fee service. Right. I think about what you said in being younger, being 20s, 30s, even 40s, where you know you might be just checking in with your advisor once a quarter or once or twice a year. That's where that hourly thing might be more advantageous when you're younger. But as you get older, so many tax implications and you there's so many things that can go wrong as you enter that retirement stage when it comes to taxes and savings and so many other things. You're going to be, like you said, a lot more hands-on as you get to that stage in your life. Correct. And that's where I think you're not going to get that as much on the hourly. You can do it. And I see a lot more of the do-it-yourselfers. They will go this route. They just want someone to give them a good financial plan, just do a one-over. It's kind of like you know when you are a little bit younger, you do, I don't know, when was the last time you had a, um, a physical? Right. So funny you say that. I've got one tomorrow morning because oh, okay. I'll well, be 40 this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not very often when you're younger, right? But you have more physicals and you have to do more things that are very comfortable uh, when you get older. As far as when it comes to financial planning, you have to do a bit more work, especially when it comes down to distributions and taxes, investment strategies to protect more of your money. That needs a little bit more hands-on approach than the typical once a year look at, okay, how are you growing? Here's the projections. Got it. All right. Number four on our list, and you started to mention this a second ago, Vince, is a fee for service based on assets under management. You're charging based on the amount of assets that are under management. Correct. So this is where the trend is going. So most financial advisors are going to offer more of a fee for service based on assets under management. And that's actually what we do. And it removes that conflict of interest. So I guess I'm a little bit biased here as far as why I like it. But there are some cons to it. The part of the cons are like, if you don't have a lot of money or if you don't have a good amount of money, the advisor probably won't want to work with you because yeah. if they only have you know $10,000 and the advisor's like, well, I spend all this time and- Even 1% of that is just a hundred bucks. Yeah. And, and that's still a lot of money. I'm not trying to knock that here. But at the end of the day, if you know the advisor is going to think about that and that's where- you know, if you don't have like a lot of money and you're trying to talk to somebody and try to get some financial advice, going to someone that is a fee for service based on assets under management is not going to be the place to go because 
they're not going to want to have to spend the time with you. So the pro, though, is that the advisor gets a fee based on the assets that they're managing. There is no conflict of interest there because whether they use this mutual fund or this financial product, it doesn't matter. They'll get the same payout regardless. So their fee can't change more or less based on what products they use. And that's kind of the benefit there in removing that conflict of interest. But at the end of the day, there is still a conflict of interest. The conflict of interest is, and this is this goes for any mutual fund company, any investment advisor, is that if you aren't invested, and for the most part, this is how we work anyway, if you're not in the market or if we're not investing your money and it's in cash, we do not get paid. Okay. So that's the conflict. That's it. So you're motivated to have that money invested somewhere and not just <laughs> sitting under the proverbial mattress. Yeah. If there's a lot of money sitting at the bank, most financial advisors are going to say, go invest it, right? Because then we make more. So again, I'm kind of removing a lot of that clutter here and getting the honest truth out of a financial advisor here. And at the same time, the other problem is they might make financial decisions for you that might not actually be in your best interest. For example, should you or should you not pay off your home? Right. For us, when we run the financial plans, more often than not, it makes sense to pay off the home. The financial advisor argument to not paying off your home, typically, would be that you could get more return in the market than what you would if you just paid off your home, right? Okay. If you only have an interest payment of 3% and you get 8% in the market, you have a net gain of 5%, right? Right. But here's the problem. Your mortgage payment is guaranteed to be owed every single month, right? Mm-hmm. We have no idea what the market's going to do every single month or every single year. Yeah. Okay. So there's no guarantee. And when we run financial plans, the financial plans typically look better if you pay off your home than if you don't. And so we'll run into a lot of conflicts where an advisor says one thing where they say, no, don't pay it off. You'll get more in the market. And I am the one that's typically saying, no, pay it off. Here's what the plans say. <laughs> right. I'm going against the grain for the most part. So I would say, make sure you look at the financial plan. But also understand how your advisor is being paid because that might be how they might be giving you financial advice. Got it. All right. So that fourth one we just talked about is a fee for service based on assets under management. The final category we'll cover today, Vince, is the fee for service based on assets under advisement, net worth, income, or complexity. What's the difference there? So that's where it's not just the assets that they're managing. So if you had a million dollars and you only gave, let's say I'm, I'm doing the investments under management and you only gave me $100,000, then I only make money off of that $100,000. Whereas when it's based on the net worth or the income in the entire thing, then we're going to be charging a fee based on the entire million dollars or in addition to your home and everything else. So that can get pretty pricey if you think about it. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're just trying to have an advisor work on some of your money and not all of it, and you go this route, that's going to be rather expensive. So probably not the most ideal one. It's not one that we see that's very common. But if the advisor is kind of worried about getting paid again, um, so for example, what we see is there are a lot of people that have real estate. And if everything's invested in real estate, again, how can we make money if it's invested in real estate? And so that's kind of, again, where the hourly might come down or this net worth type thing might come down to make ends meet where the financial advisor and you might be able to come together and agree on that fee. Got it. There are so many different ways and so many different 
animals when it comes to people who are managing money for you. And I think this gave us some clarity today, Vince. If somebody's looking for help and wants to come talk to you at a short retirement group, what are the best ways to reach you? First, if you want, just give me a call. That's pretty simple. 952-657-7470. Again, 952-657-7470. And what we can do if you do give us a call is go through a Morningstar report. Mm -hmm. And that's where we just do like a risk analysis. But through that risk analysis, we can actually find the reason why the advisor might choose certain things if you're kind of curious and what the angle might be for that advisor if you really want the honest truth. Because I used to, again, work for financial advisors and consult for them. I kind of know how they work in the background. Uh So it's really easy for me to kind of see what's going on. You know, it's easy for me to pull back the curtains because I know about all all the different financial products. And that's what I would suggest to anybody. So give me a call at 952-657-7470. Again, 952-657-7470. All right. Vince Oldrich for Retirement Group. Great stuff as always. We'll talk soon. Yep. Thank you. Investment advisory services offered through Assured Retirement Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor in the state of Minnesota. Insurance products and services are offered through Assured Retirement Group, Inc. Assured Retirement Financial Group, Inc. and Assured Retirement Group, Inc. are affiliated companies.